Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining me for this week's edition of the SMIE Consulting Midweek Roundup. It is Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, and today we're coming to you live from Beijing, and we are in the second week, our final day of meetings uh, for our UNLV uh, delegation trip to China. Uh, we started uh, back, I started back in Hong Kong on uh, a week ago Sunday, and I've had some uh, very good positive uh, visits uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, our university uh, provost and one of our business professors uh, from China joined us in Guangzhou, where we met with a university partner, Sun Yat-sen University, visited their Zohai campus uh, just opposite Macau, uh, as well as our Guangzhou main campus, had some productive meetings there. We'll be signing an MOU with them shortly. Uh, we finished uh, two days in Wuhan after a visit to Three Gorges Dam, where we chatted last week. and. Our partnerships that uh, were signed with Yuhan University and Wuhan University of Science and Technology uh, that uh, we did shortly after our live last week. So uh, we are in the home stretch. Uh, yesterday, uh, we met with uh, Beijing Normal University here in Beijing, signed our MOU with them. Looking forward to some exciting partnerships there. And today, uh, visited with uh, the CEAIE offices at um, and their cooperating group, uh, CCIEE, that manages the 121 program, dual degree program. Uh, that uh, is put together uh, in conjunction with ASCU in the United States, American Association of State Colleges and Universities. I had worked with ASCU on these 121 programs back when I was at Ball State, uh, well over, uh, started back in 2003, so 20 years ago. Uh, met with met Sufei Li uh, from ASCU, who had just has been over in China for the last two weeks, uh, organizing the graduation ceremonies that just concluded last week, and uh, is leaving tonight for back back to Virginia, uh, back to home for her. So good to reconnect uh, years later uh, with her here in China. So we uh, at UNLV, we are as I mentioned, this trip is the first for our provost uh, to China. Uh, it is uh, an institutional partnership building trip. It's not a direct recruitment uh, trip at all, but really laying the foundation for some successful partnerships in the years to come that will um, that will take us uh, uh, to a very different level here in China. Uh, we're fortunate enough uh, due to Professor uh, Deng's, Hongwei Deng's uh, relationships in China. Uh, he's a former Ministry of Education official, that was his first job out of grad, grad school, and uh, thirty-plus years later, he's now working for, uh, been working for UNLV, and is helping us to engage in China significantly for the first time ever. And uh, we've always had international students from China uh, on campus at UNLV for the last 10, 15 years, twenty years, but uh, really, it's just letting them come. It wasn't really in any organized way. And now we're really entering into a period where we already have a good solid base of Chinese students and we'll, we'll, we will be seeing those numbers only increase in the years to come as a result of these activities today. And for us uh, as, a, as an institution like UNLV, uh, we're a, an R1 research institution, so we call ourselves a top 100 research school because there's only about 130 R1 schools in the U.S. 
but we are, uh, we're punching above our weight, frankly, with regards to the partnerships that we're setting up here, which is great. It elevates UNLE's reputation when we can walk into, into rooms uh, in China and say we're partnering with uh, Sun Yat-sen University, Wuhan University, Wuhan University of Science and Technology, which is more probably on level with us as a, as a peer institution academically and reputationally, and then Beijing Normal. Um, so we got Wuhan University is a top six university in China. Sun Yat-sen uh, is a top 16. Uh, Beijing Normal is top 10 as well, 10, 10 or 11 in the country. Uh, so we, we're partnering with some major players and some well-respected institutions. Part of that is uh, due to our hospitality program being the number one in the world, uh, not just in the U.S., but the world. And so that's helped get the door open for us. Uh, at, uh, to at least two or three of these institutions that we've uh, uh, signed partnerships or will be signing shortly. And it's really opening the door for us uh, in addition to what we're doing uh, with, uh, with ASCII, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, these partnerships are uh, ent ent entryways into uh, our providing the building blocks for a lot of what we're going to do institutionally because we don't have a huge staff. And that's one of the things I think uh, uh, in talking to each of the universities and my peers, uh, the director of international offices uh, at the different institutions uh, from Sun Yat-sen, where they have two different campuses and they have international folks at both offices, uh, both campuses. Uh, I think they have 10 total staff um, there. Uh, Wuhan University probably has 14 staff. Uh, we met uh, uh, Wuhan University Science and Technology has about six or seven staff. They don't have as many international partnerships, so they're probably kind of a midway along where we want to be internationally in terms of developing those. Uh, and then uh, getting to Beijing Normal yesterday, we asked the question, how many international staff do you have? And they have 40, 40 in their international office for uh, managing the different elements of international uh, partnerships, just partnerships uh, across the globe. So Beijing Normal, obviously Wuhan University, Sun Yat-sen are, like I said, top 10, top 15 institutions. So they've all got uh, massive networks of overseas partners to 300 at a time for, for, those, for their high, those highly regarded institutions. So uh, for us to be in that number and have laid out some uh, decent plans for how we're going to, to grow those partnerships or manage those has been fairly significant. And I think for me, what's, uh, what's important to, for our, our, certainly our institution to understand is this is not zero to 100 in, in one visit. This is uh, laying the foundations this year, starting with something manageable. Uh, everybody wants to do student exchanges uh, where we can probably accommodate some student exchanges as guest students for a semester for a year. They're still going to pay tuition because we don't have bilateral agreements that way for, uh, for UNLV. Um, it kind of gets, uh, don't have to worry about that balance. We don't have the real advantages of being able to offer uh, partner universities yet uh, in-state tuition instead of out-of-state, uh, which everything everybody has to, every international student has to pay. So these are things that we're going to work on, and but we have to get special permission in order to be able to do that from the Board of Regents for Nevada. So uh, there's some there's some hoops we have to jump through, but it's 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 certainly helped open the eyes of uh, leadership, senior leadership at the institution with the provost coming on this trip his first trip to China, really seeing and understanding from our peer institutions and some that are well above us, uh, that uh, uh, the staffing levels, the process they've gone through to get where they are, it's a long and winding road. And it, it doesn't start uh, right away with uh, 
partnerships are going to result in 10, 15, 20 students a year from each institution. That's a little bit further off, given these are the one-on-one -on -one natures of partnerships. Uh, they have to grow over time. Uh, that, but there are the building blocks now in place for some of our programs to really work together on research. And partnerships aren't just about recruitment, and that's, uh, that's important to remember. Um, as I mentioned, this is a partnership building trip, not a recruitment trip. Uh, there'll be some recruitment benefits of it down the road, but not immediately. Uh, what is important, I think, to understand in this partnership activity, particularly here in China, uh, is there are formalities, there are processes that you want to go through and will need to understand before you get into them too deeply so you're not frustrated in the back end. Uh, and there are, um, there are levels of institutions here in China that you want to make sure you're, uh, you're competing with or not, you're partnering with institutions that are at or above where you are uh, as an institution. And that takes some, uh, some finesse to understand that and some insider knowledge that um, you certainly want to be connecting with your Chinese faculty on campus, those that have had experiences in the higher ed system here in China can to, to be able to uh, comment effectively. And recent experiences help too uh, in terms of knowledge because reputations change over time just like they do in the U.S. Uh, so that's something that I think is um, an important step for us in our learning process at UNLV. Very, very grateful that the provost has committed two weeks, 10 days of, uh, of his time to be here. This is the longest trip he's ever done internationally. First, I'm going to first time to China for him. So he's really seen, I think, a lot of what, uh, where we need, what we need, will need to do if, to get where we want to be. And re he re realizes and is committing to uh, un the understanding that it's not an overnight set overnight success thing. We have to build slowly. We have to build correctly and in the right areas. And uh, these partnerships that we're starting here will form a fantastic foundation for us moving forward. So really excited about what's to come uh, at UNLV through our partnerships in China. So the institutional partnerships are certainly one piece I wanted to, to discuss with you today. And if you're wondering uh, what the background is, we're in the northeast section of uh, Beijing uh, between the third and fourth ring uh, roads. So uh, in, uh, at a Marriott here. So uh, some office buildings and apartment buildings in the background. So not in, really in the mix of things, but far enough out where we're closer to where we needed to be for different uh, meetings that we have and have an, another one come up in about an hour. So, uh, but back, in, back into town. So we, um, in addition to our institutional partnerships, one of the things we, I prioritized on this trip and um, leading up to the trip, having conversations with senior leadership. My, my immediate boss, the senior vice provost uh, of academic affairs, had a conversation with her about this and the provost back at the beginning of May. Uh, we met uh, with ASCU, uh, folks at American Association of State Colleges and Universities, met with them, uh, their representatives in um, in D.C. during NASA, uh, my boss, uh, senior VP of of uh, academic affairs. Uh, we uh, had already gotten the provost to agree to join ASCU. We hadn't been uh, members in 10, 15 years. Uh, so we were rejoining ASCU really. Uh, and ASCU is, um, uh, is the pathway for us to be able to pursue these one plus two plus one programs. Uh, as I mentioned uh, at the top, um, I'd worked uh, previously at another ASCU member school back in 2003 to 2008. Uh, where we had, um, where we, we were one of the first institutions that joined the one plus two plus one programs. These are dual degree programs, uh, students who their first year in China, middle two in the U.S., and final year, fourth year back in China. And this allowed us to uh, work with cohorts of students from China, from partner universities that were matched 
with us uh, through ASCU and CCIEE in China and uh, oh, that agreed to common majors that students were recruited before they come out of high school specifically for this program uh, in cohorts of 20 to 30 per institution per major. So we would have, or, or 20 to 30 per institution, and then we would have three or four or five institutions that were regular contributors partner-wise to our programs. So we go through the articulation process, built those programs, uh, uh, came out to meet with students that had been recruited for them before they went for their visa interviews. And this was done back in, started back in 2002, 2003, uh, with, uh, with these students coming on J visas. And doing that primarily because uh, they, at the time, Chinese undergraduates weren't really very common yet in the U.S. And it was done having them come on J's to make sure that they returned home uh, for their fourth year to uh, to get their final to get their degree, and uh, otherwise they would be booted from the program and would not uh, get their Chinese equivalent degree, and it would really look bad for them if they did that. So uh, coming on J's really solved the visa issue. We would meet with the students immediately prior to them depart, uh, going for their visa interviews, so we got to know them before they came in the fall. Uh, so it was really uh, an important uh, step back then, uh, 2003 to 2008, to, to have those meetings here in China in June, right before they go for their interviews. Uh, it's gotten to the point now where they don't need to do that anymore. They're experiencing 99% uh, plus uh, visa success rate, and they even had students coming during the pandemic. So uh, they're ramping back up to probably close to 1,000 per year. Uh, that they'll be sending through uh, these programs to different partner institutions in the United States. I think there are 40 or so U.S. Part member schools, you ask you member schools that are participating in this program now. So uh, we're going to be a part of that uh, where you have to first identify which majors we're going to articulate. Then we get matched with partners uh, later in the September-October period and then get everything fully articulated before March so that when students register for their Gaokao exams coming out of high school uh, and coming to one of our partner institutions in the fall of 2024, they will be self-selecting into a pathway to come to us after they complete their first year in their home institution in China. So it's a really exciting time and uh, uh, timing for us is, it's gonna be a little tight to get everything done uh, September, October to get ready for um, what we need to finalize every every articulation agreement by next March, but we can probably do that uh, so that we are in the mix for students to come starting fall of 25 who have completed their first year in China, coming to us for the middle two years and then returning home as the first cohort from our Chinese partners. So uh, the good news is uh, some of the Chinese partners we've met with already or just on this trip that we've signed agreements with, uh, Wuhan University of Science and Technology, uh, uh, Beijing Normal here in, uh, in the capital, uh, could be potential one-to-one -one pro partner programs, uh, partner institutions for us. So we kind of killed a couple birds with one stone. So we start building the relationship with the partners we've just signed with, and then potentially adding one or two more into the mix that are high quality, that are uh, also have good program matches for us. So it, that extra piece, that extra layer on top of the institutional partnerships that we're building, having this uh, organizational body like an ASQ that we can be um, working with in China that helps uh, do a lot of legwork, frankly. Uh, we will have to do a lot of institutional legwork to get our articulation agreement signed and up and running and make sure all the I's are dotted and T's crossed on those before we start uh, bringing students in. But that's that's a piece that we can manage on the front end so that we can reap the benefits after uh, a year of uh, being able to enroll students and then having potentially 
uh, 60 to 100 students per year coming from partners for two to three different academic programs that we would articulate with our Chinese partners. So it's really uh, uh, a nice added bonus to what we already have from coming from China, the institutional partnerships that will have students here and there, maybe some pipelines built up for grad programs, uh, and fact, capacity development for faculty uh, at some institutions in certain areas are, are a real possibility. So for us, that's, uh, that's something we're seeing uh, some real um, traction with. So I'm uh, looking forward to what that's going to mean for us uh, down the road. The final piece I wanted to chat with you about today is uh, one of the exciting uh, pieces of where we are. Uh, our location is in Northeast uh, Beijing. Uh, going to some of our meetings, we actually passed by uh, the visa section for um, uh, for the U.S. Embassy here. And each day that we've gone by early morning before 8 o'clock most mornings, uh, we see long lines uh, waiting to get in uh, before the embassy opens to uh, drop off their paperwork, have their interviews. Uh, so very exciting to see long lines again here. Uh, it's, peak, it's peak season for visas. They do all the uh, interviews in the morning and then have the paperwork ready the next day or, or two. And so the processing is done in the afternoon. So uh, it's been really interesting each day as we go by. The lines are getting longer uh, and uh, there's eagerness there. And that's really excitement uh, building in terms of uh, knowing that a year ago there really were, there was hardly any wait for visas for visa appointments uh, here in Beijing or anywhere in China. The year before, nobody was really open, so it didn't matter. But uh, to see uh, the numbers returning uh, to come in the fall is great. I, obviously, I don't know how many of those are students. This is anecdotal. It's just us passing by the embassy th three days this week, seeing all the lines. I don't have numbers for you there, but certainly it, it looked very busy, and that's, uh, that's encouraging. Uh, and other lines, uh, our professor reported in Guangzhou, the, the, the consular section there was just as busy, uh, long lines, miles long, he says. I'm not sure about that, but uh, but it's good to see those numbers returning. Uh, and I think that's happening also because there are beginning to be more flights added uh, to, the US, to the U.S. from China and vice versa. So that's, that was, as I mentioned in, in my first chat last week, that was a real issue for us getting here. Just the, plane, the flights were just so darn expensive. Uh, and I, I, I didn't even fly direct into China. I had to fly to Hong Kong and then take a train from Hong Kong to Guangzhou. Tomorrow, when I when I go home Thursday, I'm I'm flying from Beijing to Seoul, Incheon, and then uh, connecting up with my return home ticket home. So it's uh, it's a really really a challenge. Uh, tomorrow I have the um, added excitement of flying out of the new uh, airport here at Daixing Airport. Uh, so that's going to be an, an adventure. Uh, it's a massive airport, uh, supposedly the largest by area, at least in the world now. Uh, so uh, looking forward to flying out of there and seeing what that, all the high-tech gear and, and gadgets that uh, that, uh, that airport has to offer. But uh, in the end, what, uh, t what this trip has, uh, has shown me this, is that China is reopening. Uh, and is open for business. Uh, universities are hungry to uh, be to work with U.S. partners. There's real palpable uh, desire to do so, and that hasn't always been the case. Uh, certainly, even with all the politics of the last uh, six years, seven years, it's been a real challenge um, uh, where we've had real obstacles, many of them political, uh, uh, and and that have prevented. Help Real, real strengthening of relations with our with China 
uh, educationally. And in the end, as I've been sharing with the provost, uh, asking asking about some of the things uh, to bring up at, at, at these meetings we have with partner institutions, and as you know, if you've ever done one of these trips with a partner uh, meeting with partner institutions, it's always long speeches. Um, and if you're lucky enough to have the party secretary, uh, that every university has a, a party secretary member, is a VP level t kind of person, cabinet level person that they. Uh, they also give speeches as well, and they have to be very prescribed in what they say. It's all all, they, all in Chinese, and then it gets translated. Some presidents are able to do speak in English conversantly, but uh, they still uh, have to have all their speeches approved. And that's uh, but that's that's kind of one of the, one of the quirks of uh, coming to China, just something to get used to. But in sharing with our provost about what he needed to make sure he mentions is in, in terms of uh, what not to say, what to say, and certainly keeping it high level in terms of uh, dip, taking a diplomatic stance on everything in terms of how education builds bridges between our countries and how we want to draw closer to China, not for, pull away, and that uh, we're willing to uh, to engage uh, where we can and uh, substantively with uh, with partner universities. So it's been some really strong uh, conversations that have happened. Uh, and after you get through those speeches, uh, get to some of the hard uh, hard and fast conversations over dinner, uh, things uh, loosen up. And uh, you, you uh, when you start uh, doing the gun base and passing the passing it around, uh, I will say that there's a lot less of that than I was used to uh, back in uh, the early days of coming here uh, when there would be standard university dinners. Apparently, there's been some major concerns over the years uh, with um, university leaders and corruption and that type of thing. So uh, they've been instructed no no big university dinners uh, that uh, you're paying for with uh, paying forth with university partners. So to keep it low key, maybe have them on campus. Uh, don't don't include a lot of liquor uh, if you're hosting. Uh, so that's, uh, that's certainly something that's changed. But uh, if you do get to that environment, then certainly that social drinking piece is an important part of the part of the relationships. And hey, it's how you build connections uh, with your potential partners. Uh, to to know uh, who they are and what they like, uh, what the, and and participate with them in what they're proud of, their culture and their what they're sharing, and that's uh, an important piece of the puzzle. And we can never really forget that. that it's, in the end, yes, we're, we want to build partnerships. We want them to be strong. We want exchanges and partner students come for degrees, all of that fun stuff. But to make these work, it's really about the relationships you have to build. Uh, with uh, with your partner universities, and that involves some work and getting to know them. It's not all transactional. It can't be if you're going to be successful long term. Uh, so I think uh, the right steps, taking the right steps initially that we've talked about the last couple of weeks with these uh, lives, is really where um, our, your focus needs to be. Uh, yes, there will be uh, some growing pains getting reaccustomed re re to travel in China. Uh, it's been 15 years since I've traveled in China. It's been a lot of changes. Uh, just the frustration of not being able to pay for things uh, without uh, without having Alipay fully 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 uh, fully implemented. Uh, being able to pay for services like if, if someone buys you dinner and you want to pay them back uh, as an institution to be able to get receipts and all these things electronically it just poses a lot a few extra challenges and hoops you have to jump through but it's a different piece a different part of uh, working here and living here in China and traveling here so we've had a fantastic trip the last uh, few days I'll be heading out tomorrow uh, and then uh, my provost and his uh, his wife 
and our um, one of our uh, business college professors will be staying through till Friday and coming returning then. So it's been a wonderful trip, but uh, learning, learn a lot of lessons learned on this trip, positive ones. So really seeing a, a lot of potential back here in China. It's good to be back and I uh, can't wait to see, um, see the potential realized in the next uh, few months and years. So that's all we have for you this week. But uh, until next time, wish you all the very best and uh, happy to chat about any of the topics we cover in the lives uh, at time more convenient for you. All the best. Chat soon.